With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Look what you made me do, man. Drop my phone. Maybe drop my phone. Stand by on camera. Stand by Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Tuesday Night Revisited. This is your host, the Iceman, Howard Cosell. And as always, ladies and gentlemen, joining us on the line, ladies and gentlemen, is the dandy Don to our group, ladies and gentlemen. None other than the human suplex machine, Mr. John Gross from Front Royal Virginia. And we want to wish you all a very happy Thanksgiving week, ladies and gentlemen, here on the radio network of TalkShoe. 1-605-562-0444-139926. Pound, you can join us for the next hour. So we are expecting King interview Gerard T. Smith back in the saddle with us again. The Al Michaels of the bunch. The dandy Don Meredith is with me right now. Frank Gifford, of course, will be joining us here hopefully shortly. Mr. Chad Hinshaw, the Black Widow, Michelle Lindard, the Susie Colbert of our group, ladies and gentlemen. And as we start out okay. with our want to wish John and everyone out there in Talk Shoe Land a very happy Thanksgiving. John, how are you this evening? Thank you, and same to you. Happy Thanksgiving. Well, thank you very much, sir. And we have got a lot to talk about. So tonight, let's get into it here on Tuesday Night Revisited, ladies and gentlemen. And tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take you back to the year 1984. A lot happened that year. And how fitting is it how our Thanksgiving would not be without one of its signature events, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, folks, the granddaddy of them all, which will be coming to you live this week on the WWE Network, ladies and gentlemen, however, on Sunday night at 8 p.m., but Saturday night will be live at the U.S. Bank Arena in the Queen City of Ohio, Cincinnati, Starcade. And this one, of course, is Starcade 1984, the Million Dollar Challenge. Bob Cottle and Gordon Sully are our hosts. And, of course, this comes off after what had happened the previous year, what was a very, very monumental event in itself, however, when Ric Flair, ladies and gentlemen, took on the seven-time champion, handsome Harley Race, if you will, in the steel cage in Greensboro. Gene Kaniski was the referee. Ric Flair regained the belt off of Harley Race, however, and was pretty much the champion off and on throughout 83 into 84. The only time he had dropped it, of course, earlier in the year was to carry Von Eric Hauer, but won it back three weeks later, however, in a matchup in Japan. Needless to say, Dusty Rhodes and Ric Flair were side-by-side, neck-and-neck, however, going into Starcade 84. And let's just say, however, we could not name a better event to have than here in Greensboro. Of course, our big announcer, ladies and gentlemen, of course, was one of the best uh, 
announces of all time the Howard Finkel of the day, however, in Mid-Atlantic Wrestling, if you will, the great Tom Miller, who always found a way to get the Greensboro fans always excited whenever the NWA in Mid-Atlantic Wrestling came to their town. John, I have got to ask you before we start the matches, your thoughts about Starcade 84. Oh, no, it was pretty good. Indeed it was, and of course, there were some great moments that happened on this show. We will give you our rating. WCCW couldn't even top that. <laughs> no, they couldn't. I mean, about a month before, they had done a very special event, of course, hey. in the Cotton Bowl. And Hold then, on one sec, J.D. Okay, well, I'll, I'll talk about that. As John mentioned, WCCW World Class Championship Wrestling a month before had done a very special event in the Cotton Bowl, if you will. However, called the Cotton Bowl Challenge, if you will. Earlier in the year, they had suffered a tragedy in their own right when David Von Erich... I'm back. Harry Von Erich. Okay, John, welcome back. Uh, ...had actually passed away of somehow a very serious uh, health issue in Japan. He was only 26 at the time, and at the time it had happened, he was groomed to be the next NWA World Champion. Unfortunately, his brother, Kerry, took the title, however, away from uh, Ric Flair, if you will, in May of that year at the very first Von Erich show, however, that was held in the Cotton Bowl, if you will, but he would drop it, as we said, three weeks later, however. But, uh, John, you were about to say something. Go right ahead. Yeah, yeah, and also 1984, not only that, 1984 saw also the rise of the WWE, too, with Hulk Hogan as champion. Indeed, Hulk Hogan, of course, had come back to the WWE after being away in Minnesota in the AWA territory. Very good point, John. Very good point indeed. However, he had uh, won the WWE Championship from the Iron Sheik, who had wrestled it away from Bob Backlund. What's up, man? Champion, however, I'm doing good, bro. If you will, however. I'm sure. And as a result, yeah, how we would see, seen however, yep, I'm doing good, Hulk Hogan, Hogan yeah. of course, win yeah, the nice WWE title you, from the Iron Have Sheik, of course, the Sheik, six, only one month before, had won the title after six years, however, of had being held by Bobby Backlund, of course. The day after Christmas, the Iron Sheik got a Christmas gift mm-hmm. that would be very special, but tragically would turn into powder and dust tower a month later when Hulk Hogan showed up of all places, however, in the garden, returning, however, after filming Rocky Three, if you will, however, and capturing the WWE Championship, a title we would hold over the period of the next four-plus years. With that said, let us talk now about Starcade 84 and begin our opening matchup of the evening. And here's what it was. It was for the Junior Heavyweight Championship, believe it or not. Mike Davis, believe it or not, for the Rock and Roll RPMs, and of course, is taking on Denny Brown, however, mind you. And the referee, however, excuse me, however, is, oddly enough, Earl Hebner. Earl Hebner, of course, will be famous later on down the road, however, many years later, in the Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels fiasco of 97. On this night, and however, speaking Earl of fiascos, he, he also made controversy, too, by being in the Andre the Giant Hulk Hogan scandal. Yes, uh, four years later, he would be making an impact indeed, however, in the late 80s. Correct, you're you right, forgot, John, forgot You about forgot that. about that. Yes, I did. Yes, <laughs> I did. You're right. Very good point. Thank you. Yes, you're right indeed, John. Of course, Earl Hebner was an NWA official at the time, of course. He was one of the more popular referees, along with Tommy Young, who we'll talk about here in just a little while. Of course, Tommy Young would event many uh, main events of his time, including the battle, of course, of our main event here tonight. But he would not be the referee, however, in the main event on this particular night here, as far as the main event goes at Starcade 4 because he would be doing some other duties throughout the evening. But on this night, Earl Hebner was the referee to start out our 
obviously our matchup power. And of course, believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, we saw a surprise, however, and a title switch right out of the gate, however, as Denny Brown became the new NWA Junior Heavyweight Championship. Originally, it was supposed to be Mike Davis, but he corrected himself. Instead, Denny Brown becomes the new champion, however, and as a result, he would defend that title for a little while before giving it up, however. Your thoughts about this opening contest? I would say an awesome match between the two. Well, it was short. It was quick. I would agree. I would definitely agree. No question about it. No question about it. Very good point indeed, John. Thank you very much. And before we continue on, ladies and gentlemen, I do want to congratulate John on another well-done video last night, ladies and gentlemen. If you have not checked it out on FacebookLive.com, be sure to check it out under GRHS at FacebookLive.com. What's up, man? He, he had a lot to talk about last night, including Monday Night Raw, which was a very exciting game between the L.A. Rams and the Kansas City Chiefs. You talk about a wild and crazy night in L.A., folks. Not only was Monday Night Raw crazy at the Staples Center, but over at the L.A. Coliseum, the L.A. Rams continue to show they are the most dominant team in the NFL, despite the fact that Kansas City Chiefs put a good fight into them. In the end, the Chefs unfortunately lost by three, but what a wild and crazy night it was about Jared Goff and Pat Mahomes, if you will, as they set the world on fire last night. No pun intended, however, as they absolutely made things exciting, to say the very least. Up next, and yes, Tony Sch- yes, speaking of, of it, ladies and gentlemen, it- it was one of the, I think it was one of the best shows I've ever ever done. Oh, no question. It was one of the best Monday night games in a long time, John. I would agree. It was a fun game to watch, no doubt about it. I had a chance to watch some of it uh, late last night, however, before I turned in, I, before you did uh, your Facebook video. I did watch some of it on uh, some of the highlights this morning, but I'll tell you what, it was a fun game, no doubt about it. Up next, Tony Schiavone, mm-hmm. however, who had shown up the year before as one of our co-announcers, however, is back in the dressing room area once again this year. However, he had not yet become quite the voice of Starcade. That would change the following year in 85, if you will. But on this night, Tony was in the back room, uh, back uh, ground at the Greensboro Hall, seeming to teasing upcoming interviews from all the guys. Ric Flair was behind him, but he didn't have a chance to speak to Tony, at least not yet, however, as we go to a quick segment there. Up next, our next match, however, it is Brian Adidas. Yes, folks, Brian Adidas taking on Mr. Ito. Brian Adidas was another WCW, uh, CCW competitor. In the end, Adidas beats Ito, one of the more lackluster matches of the evening, if you will, however. And so that being said, however, John, I ask you again, your thoughts about Adidas. In Mr. Yeah, I felt lackluster that when you said that. It did indeed. And, of course, the end came when, when Adidas, however, won with the airplane spin. Now, before we continue on, ladies and gentlemen, coming up tonight, however, on Revolution at 9 o'clock, you can join us, however, at 138055-pound, the Black Widow, Gerard T. Smith, the last kicker, Amory Rickenbach, the heartbreak kid, and the rest of the panel way too tough, and we'll have a lot to talk about, including the aftermath of last night's uh, Monday Night Raw and Survivor Series, as we will break it down for you. Tomorrow night, we will have a triple stacker for you, beginning at 6.30 p.m. with Outside the Ropes, Mr. WCW, and myself, along with John and the rest of the panel way too tough, Daniel, Gerard, Michelle, and Kendrick, uh, JML, Jeff, Rhonda, and the rest of the gang will be talking about everything and anything under the sun, including the latest politics, movies, and sports. One three, or excuse me, one four one three eight seven. Eight o'clock. We'll have a lot to talk about at the wrestling debate table with the same panel, however. And then at nine o'clock, we'll talk more about SmackDown, in which tonight, however, it'll be a very interesting night as they wrap up this week, however, in LA in style, at least for the time being, for the year, however, as they will close it out tonight. And we understand one of the matches that will be going on tonight, however, is a trick or feast match, as the New Day will be taking on the Bar, however. No, uh, as, Thanksgiving feast match, not a trick or feast me. match. 
Okay, Thanksgiving Feast match. You're right. Thanks, John. Uh, Thanksgiving Feast match. As GM Page has made that official, folks, that'll be coming up tonight. I'm sure Daniel Bryan will be answering questions about what he did last Sunday, uh, Tuesday night in St. Louis by taking the WWE Championship away from the phenomenal one, AJ Styles. You know, AJ I'm really stoked to see that, that Thanksgiving Feast match. Yeah, it should be a good one. It should be a good one. you got Sheamus is on the big show. Because food fights in WWE, they're always, they're always fun. Yes, they are, and I'm sure this one will be fun, too. And as we said, uh, AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan, I'm sure, will have their issues uh, to deal with tonight. Of course, AJ Styles not very happy about what Daniel Bryan did to him last week, hitting him low below the belt and taking away his title after 371 days. Tonight, Daniel Bryan will have answers, I'm sure, to answer for what he did last week and what happened with his matchup with Brock Lesnar, if you will, this past Sunday at the Survivor Series. And that'll be a very interesting show to watch beginning at 8 o'clock here in just about 45 minutes from now on the USA Network. Also, a Mitch Ma- Mi- excuse me, Mixed Match Challenge, if you will. It is going to be a very interesting night, if you will, as Rusev Day and Lana will be taking on Carmel and R-Truth. One of these teams will be going home tonight. The question is, who will it be? We'll find out. And we also know that, that Bobby Roode and Natty are also in a fight tonight, I believe. They are uh, uh, trying to save off elimination as well. They will be taking on, I forget who, but folks, it's going to be elimination night here at Mixed Match Challenge, so we'll see who is going to go on to the finals, however, and to the semis, if you will, and who will have their dreams at least shattered for another year, however, but it should be very interesting, and that will be coming up at 10 o'clock tonight on US, excuse me, on FacebookLive.com, but folks, SmackDown Live will begin underway at 8 p.m. in just about 45 minutes from now, and like we said, we already told you about the the Feast match, and of course the Daniel Bryan repercussions, and like I said, AJ Styles I'm sure will have a lot to address, however, if you will, to the new champion, the uh, master of the Yes Lock, who right now is not getting a lot of love, let's just say, especially after when he did a week ago in St. Louis, if you will, and that is D. Bryan, a.k.a. Daniel Bryan. Speaking of love, speaking of repercussions, speaking of repercussions, I want to hear what Starlet has to say about Ronda about what happened at Survivor Series. Oh, yes. Uh, like I said, yes, that that's a very good point, John. I mean, yes, especially... But what she what... did... And I and I have to praise Charlotte for what, what she did last, last Sunday night. That was the Charlotte I have I have not seen in a long, long time. I think a lot of people would agree with you there, John, but there's also going to be, I'm sure, repercussions out of this, especially for touching the officials. And I'm sure Paige is going to lay some fines on her. And uh, after what she did last uh, Sunday night, you said, I think we talked about yesterday on Raw Radio, and of course you mentioned on your podcast last night, how the war between these two is far, far, far from over, if you will. And believe me, the war is just beginning. And I'm sure in the next few weeks we're going to see uh, more uh, battles between these two. And who knows, we might see a rematch down the road at TLC, or maybe even at the Rumble in January depending on what happens, but we'll be watching that very carefully. Very good point indeed, if you will. Up next, of course, is the Florida State Championship. If you'll, Jesse Barr, who will later go on to be known in the WWE as Jimmy Jack Funk, taking on one of the Graham brothers. Yes, folks, the son of former Florida promoter Eddie Graham, Mike Graham, who will later go on to be a WWE agent in the late 90s, early 2000s, was in action here on this night, if you will, however. And as a result, however, mind you, in the end, however, Jesse Barr does retain the Florida State Championship against Mike Graham. Mike Graham, of course, as we said, would uh, later on become a WCW agent in the late 90s, if you will, with Kevin Sullivan and all those guys. However, John, I've got to ask you your thoughts about this one. Uh, what, what fonts now? Jesse Barr versus Mike Graham for the Florida State title. Uh, match was okay. 
I would agree. I would definitely agree. And as we continue on, ladies and gentlemen, we want to remind you also that coming up this Thursday night after your Thanksgiving feast tower, if you're looking to join us for a very special, thankful Thanksgiving, join us on Wolfpack, 138521-POUND. We'll be talking about TakeOver Los Angeles, if you will, this Thursday night, ladies and gentlemen. And, of course, Friday night, we wrap up the style uh, with uh, Revolution 138055-POUND. Unfortunately, I will not be attending Wolfpack, or excuse me, not Wolfpack. I will not be attending Revolution on Friday due to a prior commitment. Kevin Hart will be coming to my hometown this week. However, I will be at the show Friday night, and I can tell you I'm looking forward to that show. The show starts at 7 p.m. at the PPG Paints Arena, if you will, this Friday. And, yes, I believe tickets are still on sale for that event right now unless you uh, have uh, got a chance to get them. Uh, good luck in the next day or so, however, because I'll tell you right now, if you don't get them before Friday, they're going to be all sold out. Up next, ladies and gentlemen, we go to a video flashback showing a beatdown of a guy who the year before, however, was in Starcade with his teammate, if you will, however, Jay Youngblood, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, and his one-time friend and a guy who we lost just a while back, however, uh, Outlaw Dick Slater, if you will, uh, courtesy of Ron Bass, another guy who we lost just within the last couple of years, however, along with Black Bart. J.J. Dillon and Tully Blanchard show up here. Bass and uh, Bart, of course, are simply known as the Long Riders. As a result, however, Bass and Blanchard end up beating down Steamboat and Slater because of this, however. And as a result, Steamboat, however, basically almost had his arm broken in the process at the hands of these dastardly duo guys, however, along with J.J. Dillon, who at the time had been coming up from Florida. If you will. So we will be seeing repercussions of uh, that affair later in the show. Up next was a unique match, if you will. The Assassin, Buzz Tyler, however, if you will, however, and, uh, excuse me, the Assassin, if you will, Jody Hamilton, if you will, however, yeah, an, an Avalanche, Buzz Tyler, if you will, however, and Assassin number one, if you will, uh, uh, excuse me, Buzz Tyler and Assassin number one, I made a mistake, taking on the Zambui Express, Elijah Akeem and Kareem Muhammad, however, with number one, Paul Jones. Paul Jones, of course, a teammate of Steamboats in the late 70s, who held, of course, uh, Tag Team Gold, if you will, and later on became a mansion known as Paula Jones, if you will, match guys over the years like Ivan Koloff, Shaska Pez Watley, our Manny Fernandez, the Raging Bull, among others, however, has his Ambui Express, however, if you will, however, in army fatigues here, ready to take on Buzz Tyler and Assassin Number 1. There's a guy who a year before Jones had managed one of the Assassins. The Assassin, of course, best known to you all is Jody Hamilton, if you will, the father of WCW and former WWE referee Nick Patrick. In the end, however, mind you, however, Assassin Number 1 and Buzz Tyler, however, mind you, however, pick up the win over the Zambui Express. Your thoughts about this one? Good match. Good. Indeed. No question about it. I would agree there. I thought it wasn't a bad match either. I mean, it could have been a little bit better, but it was okay for what it was. Very good point, John. Thank you very much indeed. Up next, we go to a locker room interview with the American Dream, if you will, Baby Dusty Rhodes. Tony talks about the Dream, and of course, Dream says how he's ready to battle tonight, and he is ready to be one of the greatest wrestlers today. And of course, he also hopes that Ric Flair will be ready, however, because tonight, how he is going to be hoping to cash in $1 million and leave Greensboro and Flair's hometown with the money and the NWA championship belt. Speaking of me, Fernandez, folks, this is our next match, if you will, ladies and gentlemen. And this time it is for the Brass Knox champion, if you will, however. The Raging Bull, who a year later would take on Abdul the Butcher, however, would get his start here at Starcade 84, taking on Black Bart, if you will, Rick Harris, if you will, who at the time was managed by J.J. Dillon. Black Bart, of course, was the Brass Knox champion. In the end, Manny Fernandez, of course, not the football player from the no-name Dolphins of the 70s that consisted of Larry Zonka, Jim Kick, 
and Paul Warfield, along with Don Shulifield, the other Raging Bull, Manny Fernandez, who would be friends with Jimmy the Boogie Woogie Man Valiant, if you will, however, in the mid-80s, if you will, however, took on Black Bart, if you will. Of course, Black Bart has been bouncing from territory to territory over the years. However, in the end, however, the Raging Bull definitely charged after that Brass Knocks champion scene red, if you will. And well, let's just say he knocked Black Bart down a few steps, if you will, however, in the process by taking the Brass Knocks title. Your thoughts about this one? Brass Knocks title, yeah, that was an okay match. Indeed, indeed. And don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, also this coming next Monday, ladies and gentlemen, we will have a very special edition of Raw Radio and talk about what we're looking forward to heading into 2019. John, myself, the Heartbreak Kid, the Suplex Machine, of course, along with uh, the Rousting and Alpha Tell, Mr. WCW at Hinge on the rest of the game, will be back the Monday after Thanksgiving, 138744-POUND at 3 p.m. We'll also be talking about our Raw Ratings and predictions for next Monday's show, live from Milwaukee, if you will. And also, ladies and gentlemen, we'll give you our thoughts about the Monday night game that will be coming up next Monday night as the Tennessee Titans, I believe, will be taking on the Houston Texans, if you will, ladies and gentlemen, this coming next Monday. And then the following Monday, of course, ladies and gentlemen, will be a good one. John, I know you're looking forward to it, Howard. Two weeks from this Monday, your boys, the Washington Redskins, who have got a date with the Dallas Cowboys this Thursday in Big D on Thanksgiving, will be traveling to the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia, to take on the defending Super Bowl champions who are barely clinging to life at this point, if you will, as it'll be a big key NFC East showdown, Howard, coming up two weeks on Monday night, ladies and gentlemen, at the link, Lincoln Financial Field in the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Up next, however, we go to a break, however, and of course, when we come back, however, after they show video highlights of Starcade 83, we see an interview with Tony Schiavone talking with Ricky Steamboat, of course. He says that tonight, however, he's putting up 10 grand, however, to face Tully Blanchard and take away his championship, if you will. Then, shortly thereafter, Blanchard, of course, comes in with J.J. Dillon and says, of course, mind you, however, he says, however, he's not worried about Steamboat, but he did say, however, mind you, he was going to challenge the winner of tonight's Flair Dusty Tilt for the world title. Tony says, however, that Blanchard might have the advantage going into this match, however, with Steamboat, but as far as Steamboat, Rhodes, and Flair, however, that will be another story, so we'll have to wait and see what happens later in the evening. Up next, of course, it is time for the Mid-Atlantic Heavyweight Championship there, ladies and gentlemen. It is Cowboy Ron Bass, ladies and gentlemen, with J.J. Dillon, of course, once again back out there, taking on Dirty Dick Slayer. Dick Slayer the year before had been a heel and involved in Starcade 83, but this year, however, he was involved with the Mid-Atlantic Heavyweight Championship, if you will, however. In the end, however, Dick Slayer gets disqualified. Cowboy Ron Bass retains the title with J.J. Dillon. And this really upset the fans because they thought they would see a championship, if you will. As it was all a short time later, Slater would take off, however, and go off to do different territories, including the WWE and the Universal Wrestling Federation, if you will, a.k.a. the UWF, if you will, however. And also some work in Mid-South, if you will. And as we said, just, I believe, about a month and a half ago or a couple months ago, we lost him suddenly, I believe, in his mid-60s. Uh, due to circumstances we still don't know about, however. But uh, we told you about Ron Bass. We also lost him about a year and a half ago due to a tragedy, if you will. J.J. Dillon, of course, as we said, was the manager of the Cowboy at this time. Ron Bass, of course, would later go on to work at the WWE in the late 80s with guys like Brutus Beefcake and Hulk Hogan. That being said, J.J. Dillon, of course, would go on to bigger and better things shortly thereafter and manage some big guys, as we all know, as the Four Horsemen. That being said, John, your thoughts about the Mid-Atlantic Heavyweight Championship match between Dirty Dick Slater and the Cowboy, Ron Bass. John, are you there? Well, I'm here. I'm here. Okay. Okay. Your thoughts about Slater and Ron Bass? Oh, good match between them. Yes, indeed. And like we said, however, 
like I said, how I mean, it was definitely an entertaining match. And of course, as we said, folks, uh, we did lose Dick Slater. Of course, had to say, uh, needless to say, I believe it was back in what September, John. I think it was. Let me think. I think it was. Let me just. I think it was. Uh, yes. No. It was about, back in October, folks. It was in October at the age of 67. And uh, as a result, however, we uh, do not know. However, mind you, why he passed away. However. But, of course, he did pass away in the middle of October. Of course, he was 67 years old. Of course, he was known as Mr. Florida at one time, standing six foot two, 230 pounds, if you will. Uh, he wrestled, of course, all over the place, including, like I said, uh, Mid-Atlantic, Georgia Championship Wrestling, Championship Wrestling from Florida, WWE, if you will. And, uh, like I said, he was a very unique guy, let's just say. And Ron Bass, of course, as we said, folks, uh, a very interesting guy in his own right. Of course, we lost him last March at the age of 68 due to a heart attack, if you will. Actually, no, it wasn't a heart attack, excuse me. He uh, had a burst appendix, however, believe it or not, however. And a few days after that, following surgery, he died of complications due to having uh, that uh, surgery from it, however. Oddly enough, John, another funny thing about him, however, after he got out of wrestling, however, he earned his bachelor's degree from Arkansas State University, believe it or not, and he worked in sales and construction, believe it or not. So you talk about a guy going from the wrestling ring, however, to uh, construction work, however, and basically uh, making a good living, however. Ron Bass, the outlaw cowboy Ron Bass, if you will, better known to you all as Ronald Hurd, if you will, ladies and gentlemen, however, definitely had a very unique life. Let's just say, of course, he stood six foot four, two eighty five. He was born in Harrisburg, Arkansas, believe it or not, which is located not that far away from Jonesboro and Little Rockyville, not that pretty much close to the last kicker, Amory Rickenbach, the Empress of Tomorrow, if you will. So that was pretty cool. So there you go. Up next, we got another specialty match for you all, ladies and gentlemen. It's a tuxedo street fight this time, and a loser leaves town match, if you will. It's the boogie-woogie man himself, Jimmy Valiant, bringing his buddy out, the assassin, Howard, back out there once again, taking on Paula Jones with his buddy Kareem Mohammed. As a result, Howard, J.J. Dillon helped Paul Jones and company win, however, and, of course, Jimmy Valiant would be forced to be out of action for a little while, if you will, because of this, however, and as a result... Jones and Muhammad and J.J. had the last laugh on Valent, Assassin, and the rest of the crowd here in Greensboro in this Tuxedo Street fight. Your thoughts about this Indeed. In a Tuxedo Street fight? <laughs> yeah, it was a Tuxedo Street fight, loser leaves town match. Yes, it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Indeed, they did. And it was very interesting to say the least. And as we said, Paul Jones, of course, matched a lot of guys over the years. Like we said, of course, the Assassins. Uh, also, Ivan Koloff, if you will, Shaska Pez-Watley, uh, Manny Fernandez, Rick Rude was another guy he got to manage at one time. So, a very unique guy, needless to say. Up next, of course, mind you, however, we then go backstage, if you will, to Ric Flair talking with Tony. So, Tony finally talking to the Ric Flair for the first time in the evening, if you will. How Flair says it's an honor to be back in Greensboro once again, Howard, and this time, Howard, unlike last year, Howard, he knows what's at stake, Howard, $1 million and the championship belt, and he gives Dusty all the credit in the world, but he says tonight that Dusty may be ready to go, Howard, but he will be the man tonight that once again will walk the aisle and walk out a million bucks richer and still the world's heavyweight champion. Up next, ladies and gentlemen, one of the better matches of the evening, ladies and gentlemen. This was a pretty good match, if you will, ladies and gentlemen. Ole Anderson and Keith Larson are taking on the Russians of Ivan and Nikita Koloff. Ole Anderson, of course, a former Georgia Championship Wrestling, and Keith Larson, his brother-in-law, with Don Carnoodle, of course, taking on the Russian duo 
of Uncle Ivan and Nikita. Of course, Don Canuto, along with Ivan, had been in the WWF the previous year and had decided, however, mind you, to go back to the Mid-Atlantic Territory, if you will, in the middle of 1984 after being in WWE for less than a year. That being said, this was one of the better, more exciting matches of the night, however. In the end, however, mind you, however, Ivan Koloff and company, however, end up picking up the win here against Anderson and Larson. Your thoughts about this one? Yeah, pretty pretty good match, yeah. And, of course, Ivan and Nikita, of course, the following year would have a very special match, however, with, of all people, the Rock and Roll Express, of course, for the next couple of years, however, and they always stole the show, but the uh, Russians were starting to come into their own around 84, of course, Uncle Ivan, of course, a former WWF world champion, and Nikita, of course, had did not speak in English that well, however, by arriving into uh, the Mid-Atlantic Territory, a.k.a. Uh, the NWA, if you will, in the uh, fall of 84, but it wouldn't take him long before he started getting into feuds, however, and programs with guys like Dusty Rhodes and Magnum TA. He would also team up with those gentlemen, along with the Road Warriors, the very first war games, if you will. He also, of course, was a member of uh, Sting Squadron in the early 90s, if you will, and of course, he would also have some great battles with guys like Stone Cold Steve Austin, then known as Stunning Steve Austin, Larry Sabisco, R.N. Anderson, as we said, uh, beautiful Bobby Eaton, and much more. Up next, speaking of the Horsemen, ladies and gentlemen, we now go to the 10 grand match, however, if you will. Tully Blanchard versus Ricky Steamboat. This was a good match, I thought, and this, of course, was uh, the beginning of the end, of course, of uh, Ricky Steamboat's first run in Mid-Atlantic, if you will, ladies and gentlemen. He would be leaving shortly thereafter, a couple months after this, for the WWF, if you will. As a result, however, Tully Blanchard sends him out on his own way, but nevertheless, this was one of the better matches of the evening. And, of course, Tully Blanchard, the following year at Starcade, would seal the show, of course, with Magnum T. Terry Allen, if you will, and one of the more intense, more one of the more bloodier street fight steel cage matches of its time. And John, you know which one I'm talking about, Starcade 85, The Gathering, which was intense. Uh, but Tully Blanchard, uh, for at least a couple years, however, in 84 and 85, as well as 86 and 87, for the four years he was around, however, from 84 through 87, for a mid-card guy, however, he was sort of like a, a young, cocky Randy Orton slash a young, cocky... Um, what am I looking for? A young, uh, sort of like an early version of Drew McIntyre. He found a way to uh, really uh, deliver some pretty quality matches. And uh, this was one of the best matches he put on early on in his career, however. But, of course, we would see in 85 and 86 that would change when he met Dusty Rhodes and Magnum TA. And those two matches were really good as well as the match in 1987 where he teamed up with Arn Anderson in which they took on the Road Warriors in Chicago. But uh, for the four years that... Uh, Tully was around 84 through 87. It seemed like he always was uh, in the mid-card area or in the upper part of the card or near the top of the card and always challenging for that belt. But uh, on this night, Tully definitely gave Rick Steamboat all he could handle. And in the end, he was 10 grand richer and still remained the champion. Your thoughts about this one? Yeah, I agree with you. All right. Thank you very much. Up next, ladies and gentlemen, of course, uh, one of the more lackluster matches of the evening, however, in the semi-main event, superstar Billy Graham, another guy who, of course, had been going around in different territories, including being in the WWWF as the world champion at one time after defeating Bruno San Martino, taking on former football great Chief Wahoo McDaniel of the Miami Dolphins, Denver Broncos, and the New York Jets. The Chief, of course, had had that feud with Greg the Hammer Valentine five years before and had been... Uh, 
a member of Starcade 83 in a tag team match, if you will, while Superstar, of course, was trying to get his feet wet, however, and try to get back into wrestling. He had, had spent most of 1982 and 83 uh, trying to get his career started up again after being away from the sport for a few years because of uh, personal issues and also because he was very unhappy the way Vince McMahon and Vince McMahon Sr. at the time, however, mind you, had treated him, however, by making him drop the belt to Bob Backlund. And speaking of Vince McMahon Sr., Vince McMahon Sr. had passed away several months before this uh, event, if you will, Starcade 84. And, of course, it would not be until the following year, in March of 85, that Vince's uh, uh, own son, Vince Jr., if you will, who had been working for his dad, however, as an announcer uh, with the WWE, as well as... Um, also the uh, president of Titan Sports, of course, if you will, shortly thereafter, taking over his father's territory, if you will, uh, putting all the other territorial guys on notice, including Stu Hart, Vern Gagne, Jimmy Crockett, uh, Paul Bosch, uh, Fritz Von Erich, among others, if you will. That being said, of course, uh, your thoughts about the Chief uh, taking on uh, superstar Billy Graham, however, as uh, Wahoo ended up beating the superstar. Yeah, I would say it was very bad. Indeed it was, and of course, uh, sad to say, we would see Graham fight in one more Starcade the following year, if you will, however, and then go back to the WWE for a while to be a manager slash wrestler again, but it wasn't the same. And by the way, if you have not seen the movie, or excuse me, not watched the DVD, 20 Years Too Soon, the superstar Billy Graham story, uh, let me just say, it's kind of sad and heartbreaking to watch, however, but it's also very unique because he talks about how he got into a wrestling with Dr. Jerry Graham. He also was trying out for football with the Oakland Raiders back in the late 60s, early 70s, as well as the Houston Oilers. But then he talks about how in 1972 and 73, Fern Gagne gave him a chance to try out at the Minnesota training camp with guys like the Iron Sheik, Rick Steamboat, Rick Flair, and others. Of course, a short time later, he would go on to the WWWF, if you will, the Worldwide Wrestling Federation at the time. He would develop a feud with uh, Bruno San Martino, but some of his greatest matches, not only with Bruno John, but uh, Dusty Rhodes, including the Texas Bull Rope match, the Texas, uh, 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 there was a Texas Bull Rope match, however, there was a uh, Texas Death match. I mean, you talk about some of the best matches of the mid to late 70s, from 77 through 79, however, involving Dusty Rhodes and uh, Superstar Graham Howard at the Garden. They used to have yeah. 20, 20, between 20, 22, 25, 28, 30,000 people always jam in the Garden, Howard. And those two guys, Howard, were like the Ric Flair and Dusty Rhodes of the 70s, Howard. I mean, they always found a way to one-up each other yeah, and always deliver some great matches, whether it be in the Garden, the Spectrum, the Boston Garden, the Capitol Center, the Civic Arena, um, the New Haven Coliseum. I mean, all over the Northeast, they bounced from, like I said, from... Uh, Portland to Boston to New York, of course, to New Haven to Philly to D.C. to Baltimore. I mean, they used to tear it up all the time. And believe me, those were some great, great moments, if you ask me. Now, speaking of which, ladies and gentlemen, we go to the three judges of the evening, ladies and gentlemen, who, let's just say, however, mind you, however, and here are your judges. First, of NASCAR fame, Kyle Petty. Up next, Former Japanese wrestler of the mid-50s, if you will, Duke Kiyomuka. Duke Kiyomuka is your guest judge here. And calling the action in the ring, ladies and gentlemen, is a guy who two years before, or eight years before, excuse me, had actually become a big star in his own right, Howard, in the Rocky first one movie with Sylvester Stallone, but also had been a boxing world heavyweight champion by defeating, however, in 1971, what was considered one of the greatest upsets in boxing history, and who four years later would try to... Uh, 
repeat the feat, however, but couldn't do so in the thriller in Manila, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, folks, I'm talking about everyone's favorite smoking Joe Frazier, if you will, was the referee for this $1 million purse fight, however, between the great Ric Flair, the nature boy himself, if you will, and, of course, the American dream, if you will, baby. As a result, this ended up going not very long, about ten and a half minutes. In the end, however, if you will, however, in the end, Flair, of course, cut open Dusty to the point where he was bleeding out of his left eye and he couldn't barely see out of it. In the end, however, he kept checking and kept checking, and finally, Frazier said, that's it, that's all. Dusty, you've lost this. Flair, you've retained and win one million ducks like you needed, however, because he was one of the higher-paid wrestlers of the NWA territory at the time. As a result, however, not many people were happy about the call by uh, Frazier, however, but they uh, stood by it, however. And afterwards, of course, Manny Fernandez and Dusty and some of the people were bent out of shape that uh, Frazier would do something like that. Uh, Dusty, of course, said he would get payback on Smoking Joe for what happened. That never happened. But this would be the beginning of an interesting feud that, of course, we talked about Superstar and, of course, Dusty in the 70s, however. This would begin a feud, great feud between Dusty and Flair. Of course, the following year, they would meet in Atlanta in the gathering at Starcade 85. They would meet at the Great American Bash in 86, of course, where Flair would drop the title to Dusty Howard after Flair, of course, uh, had barely survived winning Starcade 85, despite the fact that Dusty, many people thought, had won the title in the Omni Hour. Unfortunately, won the match, but did not win the title automatically, thanks to Tommy Young, however. That would, of course, be the following year in a gathering, of course, in Atlanta, not in Greensboro. So, the following year, the two of them would meet in Atlanta, not in Greensboro, and, of course, a million bucks on the line. But, nevertheless, you talk about Flair and, uh, like I said, Rhodes, of course, and Rhodes, and, of course, Tully, we mentioned those guys, of course. Those guys always had some great battles over the years, whether it be in cities like we've mentioned before, as well as other cities, including Chicago, Atlanta, Greensboro, Columbia, Winston-Salem, Raleigh, um, Myrtle Beach, Savannah, uh, Tampa, Miami, Orlando. I mean, they would always find a way to go all over the northeast, however, and pretty much the whole east coast for that matter. They would never go out to the Midwest that much, however, like in Chicago and St. Louis, although I think they did fight a couple times in those cities, too. But around this time in the early mid-80s, however, like I said, 84, 85, and 86, they would stick around in the east coast, however, mostly in the Carolinas, and of course, up around the east coast area, like I said, in your neck of the woods, John, in D.C., uh, Philadelphia, Baltimore. I think they fought a couple times in Pittsburgh. I remember hearing stories about that. But nevertheless, in the end, Dusty Rhodes, of course, comes up a million bucks short and shows his anger however, at Joe Frazier. I will ask you your thoughts about that and then your thoughts about the match in general. The match was pretty good, but, but I didn't, didn't like the, the way Rhodes got defeated. Yes, indeed, and a very good point indeed, and of course, a lot of people would agree with you there, John, a lot of people would definitely agree with you, and of course, we would see what would happen, of course, the following year at Starcade uh, 85, if you were the gathering, of course, 16,000 packed into the venue, however, and here are the times of the matches, in case you're wondering, ladies and gentlemen, the first match went almost five and a half minutes long between Brown and Mike Davis, of course, Mike Davis, as you know, passed away 17 years ago at the age of 45, however, believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, of a massive heart attack on Christmas Day, believe it or not. Of course, he was the third guy in world class to pass away. Within a six-month stretch, Terry Bam Bam Forty had passed away, believe it or not, earlier in the summer, and then a couple months before we had lost gentleman Chris Adams, believe it or not, due to uh, a very serious uh, incident that... Uh, Basically, was uh, very horrifying to say the least, and very tragic to say the least. Uh, let's see here. Up next, of course, as we mentioned here, sorry about that, folks. 
I'm just uh, doing some stuff here, so bear with me here. Brian Adidas, of course, defeating Mr. Ito, of course, in four minutes. So that's how long the match was there. Uh, the, let's I, see. What was Shane? second time he's seen not much. Have a good night. Okay, and sorry about that. John's uh, letting us know what's going on there, so thank you very much, Sean. Uh, up next, of course, Jesse Barr won in 11 and a half minutes. Uh, assassin number one and two, of course, mm-hmm. Buzz Tyler. Of course, Assassin number one, as we said, is I'm back. Jody Hamilton or Joseph Hamilton. Thank you very much, sir, John. Uh, of course, won in five and a quarter minutes. Manny Fernandez, of course, took on Black Bart, of course. Black Bart in seven and a half minutes. Of course, we told you his real name is Richard Harris. He is 70 years old now, believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen. And I believe he, and of course, he has competed, like I said, in Mid-Atlantic, uh, WCW, uh, w, like I said, New Japan, I believe, the UWF, however, WCCW, however, if you will. Uh, I know for a fact, however, he had heart bypass surgery three years ago, if you will, however, believe it or not. And at one time, believe it or not, was uh, also the Mid-Atlantic Tag Team Champion with Ron Bass, as well as we mentioned uh, the Brass Knucks champion, if you will, ladies and gentlemen. He, of course, also held the world-class World Heavyweight Championship, however, at one time the WCWA World Heavyweight title, if you will. Uh, up next, of course, as we said, folks, uh, that uh, was Paul Jones versus Jimmy Valiant. That went less than five minutes long. Ron Bass, of course, with J.J. Dillon, of course, for the Mid-Atlantic Heavyweight Championship lasted nine and a quarter minutes long. And then we get to uh, three of the last four matches that were pretty good, however, Ivan and Nikita, of course, defeating Ole Anderson and Keith Larson with Don Cronudo. Of course, Keith Larson was, I believe, the brother-in-law of Ole Anderson, if you will, ladies and gentlemen. That went 15 and a quarter minutes long. We talked about Ivan Koloff, who should be in the WWE Hall of Fame, and I hope next year he does go in the Hall of Fame, considering what his career was like as a tag team wrestler and a singles guy. He, of course, was managed by guys, of course, not only by Paul Jones, however, but he also was managed at one time by the late, great Captain Louis Albano, if you will. Uh, Tully Blanchard and uh, Ricky Steamboat went 13, near 13 and a quarter minutes long. Wahoo McDaniel and superstar Billy Graham went four and a quarter minutes long. That, of course, was at the NWA U.S. Heavyweight Championship. And then, of course, the main event, Ric Flair and Dusty Rhodes closed out the show in 12 and a quarter minutes long as Ric Flair won that thanks to Smokin' Joe Frazier stopping the bout. So there you go, folks. Uh, our thoughts about Starcade 84, the million-dollar challenge. It's only fitting, however, we picked that moment tonight because, oddly enough, this Thursday night, John, will actually be 34 years to the day that Starcade 84, the million-dollar challenge, did happen, believe it or not. So a very special time indeed, however, for the granddaddy of them all. Now, and not uh, only that, not only that, it'll be 28 years ago this Thursday that The Undertaker main debut. Oh, yes. Yes, we'll, be, we'll definitely be hearing that about that uh, this uh, Thursday night on the very special Thanksgiving edition, indeed, John, of the show. Very good point, indeed, however. Uh, before we continue on, we want to remind you that this Friday night, folks, depending on what happens tonight in Los Angeles, you can meet AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, at the George R. Brown Convention Center from 5 to 7. Tickets are required for Mission 1. Uh, person per autograph, you will be signing autographs this Friday night, ladies and gentlemen, in H-Town, if you will, as that will be very interesting to watch. Of course, we already told you that next Monday night, however, will be a very special night, however, as Monday Night Raw comes to you live from the Fearsoft Forum in Milwaukee, if you will, uh, there in Brewtown in the Badger State. Next Tuesday night, SmackDown will be coming to you live, however, from Minneapolis at the Target Center. But next Tuesday, folks, on 11 to 1, you can meet the Miz, ladies and gentlemen, at 12940 Riverdale Drive, Northwest 300, in Coon Rapids, Minnesota, 554 
248 from 11 to 1. Take your autographs. You can get your autographs and pictures taken with the so-called uh, best in the world, or at least he's calling himself the best in the world, the A-lister himself, who just came out with his new movie today, The Marine Six, with Becky Lynch and Shawn Michaels, if you will. Be sure to check that out right now, and if you can not find it anywhere, be sure to order it today or watch it on demand. Also, next uh, two weeks on Monday, folks, Monday Night Raw will be coming to you live from Houston Woo! Toyota Center. And then two weeks from tonight, ladies and gentlemen, SmackDown Live will be coming to you live from the home of the horns. Yes, folks, hook them horns, if you will, in the Longhorn State, if you will, at the Frank Irwin Center on the campus of UT, the University of Texas. However, the uh, Frank Irwin Center will be welcoming us back, however, as SmackDown Live will be coming to you live there in Austin. Now, John, we're going to talk a little bit about Raw since we've got about, about 10, 15 minutes to go before we cut you loose, however. Overall, last night was a very interesting night. You had a lot to rant about, obviously, in that video last night, however. But if you could take away a few things from last night's show that stood out for you, I mean, positive or negative, by all means, please, we'd like to hear from you about this. So uh, go right ahead. The positives were the six-man elimination match and Ambrose yes. and Rollins. Yes. But the negative, the semi-main event, Natalia versus Ruby Riot. Yes, yes, indeed. Very good point, indeed. I would have to agree with you about those. I mean, you had a very interesting uh, start to the show, no question about it, involving uh, the uh, very specialty match however, that Baron Corbin and Stephanie McMahon agreed to however, at the start of the show. However, it was Finn Bauer, Elias, and Braun Strowman who apparently injured his elbow and now will be needing surgery to have bone chips removed from his elbow. And also his knees are a little bit rough right now. Whether or not he will be competing at TLC in four weeks in San Jose, we'll have to wait and see what happens. But uh, anyway, they took on... I think, they'll, they, I think they should pull this match off and let Kurt, Kurt Angle take Braun's place. That's what I was just going to say. I, I would say the same thing. You bring up a very good point. I was just going to say that. And I'm going to mention that tonight, obviously, uh, with my rant tonight. Definitely on, uh, on the show tonight, definitely with uh, Revolution. No question about it. Very good point indeed. Uh, I would have to agree. Uh, we'll have to wait and see what happens. But, of course, they took on Drew the Destroyer McIntyre last night, who was without his buddy Dolph Ziggler, if you will. And, of course, we also had uh, Bobby the Beast of 2.0, uh, uh, bully Lashley with his buddy Howard Leo, lethargic, lackluster rush, and of course, if you will, Baron Cocky Stain Corbin, if you will, the GM of Raw, who earlier in the evening found out from Stephanie McMahon that he will be in a match with Braun Howard, but now he might be held off on that for a while, but also, speaking of Braun Strowman, Stephanie McMahon did announce, ladies and gentlemen, and did make it official, Howard, that there will be a match, Howard, coming up, Howard, in Phoenix, Howard, in late January, depending on how fast that Braun recovers from this injury, Howard, that the Beast Incarnate, Brock Lesnar, will be taking on, believe it or not, in a rematch, however, from what happened at Crown Jewel just recently, however, Braun Strowman. So, folks, Braun Strowman and Brock Lesnar will get it on again at the end of January, depending on what happens, ladies and gentlemen. We will definitely be watching that very, very carefully. We'll have to wait and see what happens there. Of course, as we said, folks, a lot going down. I think Braun will recover in time. Well, we hope so. I mean, he was going to be looked over at some point, we understand. And like we said, folks, a very interesting uh, encounter, if you will, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, before we do, we can tell you here are the matches tonight. Of course, the other match that I did not announce, I did mention Natalia earlier. It is going to be Bobby Roode and Natty taking on Maharaja and, of course, Alicia Fox 
if you will, tonight. So, folks, that is the other mixed match challenge match that is tonight. Also, believe it or not, we understand that tonight, Howard, at the start of the show, in just a few moments, Miz says that he will host a state-of-the-state state interview with Shane O'Mac tonight, Howard. His somewhat captain, if you will, ladies and gentlemen, however, from Team SmackDown this past week, Howard, coming up at the start of the show, Howard. In addition to that, folks, we can tell you about the viewership and Monday Night Raw ratings, Howard. They are officially in, and I do want to thank John for reporting this to me. They did a 2.493, so they went up a little bit this week, ladies and gentlemen. The first hour took 2.72, considering, Howard, you had a good six-person elimination match to start out the show. Hour two took a little bit of a dive at 2.5, and then the third hour really dropped out big time, 2.25. Considering the fact, however, they were going up against Monday Night Football and, of course, the end of the season of Dancing with the Stars, Monday Night Raw, however, really had a tough time getting anyone watching. 1.68 was the final time they went down, four-tenths of a point, considering there was an awesome Monday Night Football game that had 17 million viewers watching between hey, LA JD, I'm gonna head, and KC. head off. Okay, we'll see you in a little about an hour and a half or so, so thank you for coming on. Okay, bye. All right, bye. All right, the human suplex machine letting us know uh, he has to go, so that's understandable. We do join us right now. Uh, we'll be back in a second to close things out here in just a minute, so hold on a second. We'll be right back. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 